0: Hi, I'm Mark Stoudemire, host and creator of Get To The Joke, a web series that has a masterclass in the art of stand-up comedy. I hope you find today's episode to be both fun and helpful, and you can help me out by subscribing to my YouTube channel and liking the video. And feel free to drop a comment, I'll be happy to get back to you. Alright, well let's get to the joke. Philadelphia. As you can probably imagine how much going on uh, right now, uh, I can tell you the most exciting thing I had going on this week was my buddy called me up. He was like, hey, Mark, found this cat outside. So I neutered him, gave him the shots, and I rushed this cat. You want to come over and see my cat? Well, I got something better to do. like 45 minutes to come see this cat, showed this guy's house. Cat's not even there. The so dude where's this cat he goes, oh, it's an outdoor cat. <laughs> outdoor cat? Let me get this straight, fella. You found a cat outside, cut its bowls off, and put it right back outside. <laughs> Seems like a pretty raw deal for that cat. Story has another turn. This guy has two other cats. They're both house cats. That house with outdoor cat deals. Like, oh, outdoor cat, don't be coming in here. Feel this food and air conditioning and love? That's not for you. You can't run back outside, you outside cat now I know how Cooper Manning feels. Nobody. All right. For those who don't know, Cooper Manning is Eli and Peyton Manning's other brother. (laughs) There's a reason you never heard about Cooper Manning, because nobody cares about Cooper Manning. He's an outdoor cat. And today's guests are uh, comedy power couple Missy and Jeremy Hall, two of the most fantastic comedians and people you'll ever meet in this business. They are truly at the top of their game and probably the nicest people you'll ever meet. Uh, Missy and Jeremy have a huge uh, array of credits. Missy's debut comedy album, uh, Misrepresentation, made it past the first round of uh, Grammy consideration. She was a finalist in the Big Sky Comedy Festival. She's been in countless comedy festivals, including Burbank Comedy Festival, Big Pine Comedy Festival. Uh, and um, she was in the movie Days of Power with Eric Roberts uh, and Jeremy has also performed at major clubs all over this country uh, starting out in DC and now coming up and uh, down here in the Philadelphia area uh, this was such a fantastic interview first of all the first one with two people I had to conduct a two-person interview at the same time but they are just just the best people, and, uh, and um, just their, their paths the stand-up are both very untraditional. Uh, and at the end, uh, I asked Missy a question that I was not expecting the answer to, so you'll have to tune in all the way to the end to get that. Um, you'll hear about the, the, the many mitigating uh, uh, circumstances that uh, could have led to negative uh, outcomes in their lives, but they turned those into positives, and unfortunately for the rest of the world, we get to hear their stand-up. Enjoy this episode, please subscribe to this channel, leave a comment, I will get back to you, uh, and uh, let's uh, get to the episode. My wife and I have a great relationship. You know what I think is important
1: in a good relationship? It's that you enjoy the same TV shows,
2: right? Does everybody fall asleep
1: watching TV or Netflix or something? you got to find something you both enjoy. My ex-wife, all she wanted to watch was reality shows, But I hate reality shows, and here's why, I think they've done a reality show on every idea you could possibly do one on. They've run, run out of ideas and now they have gotten me completely bored. So, hear me out. Here's my idea. It's a reality show mashup. We're going to take old shows, put them together, make new shows. What if we took it? Keeping Up with the Kardashians and Pitbulls and
2: Parole, <laughs> put them together and call it Slots with Must? <laughs> I'd watch that, right? But what if we
1: took it? Real Housewives of Orange County and Deadliest Catch? Call
2: it crappy Bitches. Woo.
1: Here's my favorite. My favorite is what if we took Team Mom and Honey Moody. Put them together and call it West Virginia. Do you know what gets me
3: the most about being 50? I have still never needed algebra. And Reaper will come in and be like, Well, if you can solve for X, (laughs) we'll let you spend a couple more years with your lovely grandkids. And I'll look at them, they'll be running around, wanting to unplug me so they can plug in their (laughs) iPhone. They just take me. It's (laughs) cool. instead of algebra, right, that I could have used, I could have said, hey, Missy, every three or four thousand miles change the oil in your car, like that would have been good information to have, hey, Missy, the interest on a credit card, that's not money they give you, (laughs) hey, Missy, that thing you do where you like cough and laugh without peeing a little, (laughs) Don't get used to that. So I sneeze when I was leaving the house to come see you, find people like, SON OF (laughs) A BITCH! you go back inside, and I have a chain. Then I I see my hair dryer laying there on the bathroom floor, and I'm like,
0: calling Missy G Hall hey, hey, look at you guys.
2: <laughs> hey, Laura. How, you doing?
0: <laughs> How are you guys? You guys look great. How you guys doing? We're good. That's good. That's good. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm seeing how this goes. I'm getting some comics who I like deeply respect and really like to uh, try this out with me. So I really appreciate you guys taking the time cool to do concept. this. I like the
3: idea. It okay. really is a cool concept. Well,
0: well so so how are you guys doing with everything? Are you guys you guys holding it up there okay? Yeah,
3: it's been the same roller coaster as everybody. But when you consider I'm in the comedy game full time and he's in travel, so yeah. it it's is <laughs> not. <laughs> <laughs> so this stimulus
0: check is this this is big deal. The stimulus checks, the the, yeah, the yeah. Uh, this, there's like a petition going around right now for performers. I think. Exactly.
3: All of that stuff. You know, it's funny, my whole life I've always gotten to not pay attention to those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Now I'm deeply immersed in paying
0: attention. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so Jeremy, as um as an employee of a company, are they did they furlough you or are you being paid still?
1: I'm one of very few employees of that company that's salary. Most people are thank (laughs) God. I've kept my job, I've kept my salary and i just do anything and everything possible that i can on my end to keep us afloat awesome but we have a good owner we have a good business there and, and she has kept she's
3: kept us
2: alive.
0: okay awesome and now is your daughter back with you because i know like this is her summer but is she back with you now yeah.
3: she came here for, she was here for what a month a month and a half yeah and, and it was fine it was yeah. fine but she is back in mechanicsburg so okay it was funny when we back in school the, No, she is the director of a daycare for the summer. That of course has of course limited opening. Mm -hmm. Not sure how they're doing it all, but she's doing that. She's
1: moving to a very fancy city uh, in two weeks. What's it called? Harrisburg, Harrisburg. Pennsylvania. Oh
0: God, her her life took a weird direction. (laughs) I'm gonna say she's in preacher school seminary. She's in some ministry. Okay. uh, she's is she like so is that happening in the fall or is that up in the air? Does God take a break um, for I coronavirus?
1: The lot of decisions been made on their end either, just like everywhere else. Okay. I mean, I guess there's places around the country that have started to make decisions, but okay, a lot still up
3: in the air. Yeah. Okay. It, it's crazy, but. We know she's not living here. <laughs> Again, no offense or she's wonderful. But if you're going to be in quarantine and you've only been married for a little less than two years, it's kind of nice to get to be alone together. Yes. Uh, she, did, yep. uh, she came home for a little over a month, and she didn't come alone. No.
0: She brought her boyfriend with her. Who so he we never,
1: never met. People.
0: Oh, and now he's living with you guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he lived with us for a little over a month.
0: She's 21. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's 31. Oh, oh. Okay, I thought you said he was 21. Oh, okay.
3: Now,
0: How'd she meet and a 31-year-old? Online? At school. At school. at school.
3: at school. It's all different ages there.
0: Interesting. Her okay. different
3: roommate is in her 60s. I Don't ask.
0: So she said, <laughs>
3: Jeremy, I'm bringing him home,
1: but I need to tell you up front, he's 31 years old and he has a neck tattoo.
0: Oh wow, that's quite the. Uh, I'm trying to think of a Minister of the Neck Tattoo, he might have he might have found his niche market with the uh, with the Neck I Tattoo. He to,
3: he's awesome. And he you know him. what's funny? We ended up like it was one of those things like, wow, what's he seeing her? It was awkward for me because I'm like I'd gotten to go like without a bra and pants yeah. for long, yeah. and then I'm like ah. Oh. We
1: had to start acting like people. Yeah,
3: that was great.
0: Now, with, with both of them being in the seminary or in the ministry, um, does that make it easier to bring him home with versus, like, hey, we're, we're both in Penn State, he's in this fraternity, I'm in this yeah. sorority, but that made it a little weirder for the same person? What was very
3: awkward is that when they were both standing in the kitchen letting me know that they were not having sex, I'm like,
1: Bla,
3: blah, <laughs> I don't want
1: to know. Just... Luckily, they brought that up when I wasn't home. <laughs>
3: yeah, I. I, I, I I wasn't gonna ask. I don't want to know. I don't want to even think about it as a concept. I, it was nice of them to tell me.
1: But I, like the the, the month long stay couldn't have been better. Anymore. I gotta no. tell you,
3: like we, it, it's great for comedy yeah. because it's a fun situation. But in reality, it was just
0: awesome. Well, awesome. Yeah. I'm glad she's doing great, especially with everything. I'm sure yeah. you're worried and everything. Especially she's already at daycare. I'm sure that's a little bit
3: well, that's with what's the gonna parents say. A bit and the kids. Yes. Yeah, so you worry and you're like, but you know, you'll get to a point and I know you don't believe me now because you've got a baby, but you will get to a point where you start to just be relieved that she's making her own decisions Yeah. and you can admit it. Yeah. I, I never thought I would feel that way. But it happens.
0: No, that's that's reassuring. Well you also that's also credit to you, you guys rate as a good kid. I'm sure you know that's that's a little bit easier, a little bit peace of minder y if uh with that. Yep. So I usually start this off. Now, I, I, like I said, I did my research ahead of time. I usually start this off by asking where someone's fascination with stand-up started. Usually I'm thinking early on in their life. With both of you guys, though, you guys have very different ways of starting comedy. And I'm going to link this to the show notes, which is an article from some kind of, uh, Maryland newspaper for you, Jeremy, and for you, Missy, it was comedycast.com. Um, some interview you did with an Irishman over, uh, about comedy. (laughs) And, um, I will link because I don't want to repeat questions that you guys have already had, but I want to elaborate and expand on some things that you guys had said. Um, so for Missy, I'll start with you first. And that is your comedy career was kind of back ass words for somebody. (laughs) It seems like mostly you wanted, you wanted an outlet to perform and they just, but it kind of just like threw, being a director, let me get this right. You're, you were a director of like a like a drama program for a school yes. or for a community. I, I
3: directed kids uh, in shows in a local community theater mm-hmm. where I was also a performer. Mm-hmm. And then I directed kids at the school where I worked. So I'd always been in theater, mostly musical theater. Yes.
0: And, and someone asked you, someone was doing, I guess you said, was it was a one person play or something. is it a Missy, will you like bring, or will you do a little bit to warm the crowd up just Informer. to bring? Yes. Yes. So they were asked a comedian
3: doing a web series
0: okay and they asked me or well, i didn't even know what it meant the theater and i'm like okay so let me ask you there is to find the point where someone asks you to do it and then you physically walk up and do it because you could just been like this is not what i signed up for i'm i'm an actor i just want to do acting i want to help these kids i want to do my own thing i'm not here to try to write jokes so where was that point where you're like I'm going to try this. What went through your head? Where were you?
3: It was funny. I I remember standing there and just started talking. And this, the ironic thing is, is when I first started comedy, I didn't know you had to write jokes. I just, (laughs) (laughs) I know it sounds ridiculous, but I would just, I just started bantering and then whatever would come to my mind is like a funny, I would tell a little story or something. Yeah. Um, I didn't do it the right way at all. But it th- that night it was so funny because I had such a blast, mm-hmm. I had such a blast doing it. And then I went away. And then after the main show was over, they people came back and like, no, they they want to talk to you. People want to see you. I was like, oh, thank you. I mean, so that was my first time, and it was yeah. so much fun. And you know what it's like as a comic, you get yeah. that rush. Hi. Yeah. What was so cool for me is I had been acting and memorizing lines and (laughs) songs and blocking for so many years to be like, I can just stand out there and talk and people (laughs) like it. I'm like, why would I not do this?
0: So there was nothing prepared. You didn't write anything down. You kind of went up there and just like, these are things that are in my head that are funny. I
3: talked about child. In fact, you know, what's funny is... um, the, a couple of the things that I talked about, I still have the video uh-huh. and I, I could it was the very first stand up that I ever did. I talked, I think, about childbirth a little bit, just just some stuff and um I think I'm I, I had enough stage presence at an actor that it looked more like I knew what I was doing than I actually did.
0: Okay. Now was yeah. comedy important to you all as like a child or when you were in college was like, Hey, I need to go get this Bill Cosby album or I need to go get this, you know, whatever happens to be, or, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, just anybody like Ralphie, M- anybody, anybody that's, so comedy was never something that you were had a I fascination was, with watching the tonight show or watching comedy central. None of these things appeal to you. No, whatsoever. I
3: was listening to Broadway musical soundtracks. Um, I could, I think I probably could have named, mm-hmm. Two stand-up comedians. I could have named Paula Poundstone. I remember seeing her at <laughs> yeah. Richard Pryor, and I can remember listening to a Bill Cosby album, but it just—it had never been on my radar.
2: Okay. It had
3: Never been on my radar. Um, yeah. So it—and it, still to this day, it can be embarrassing because people will talk about comedy history and be like, "Oh, well, you know, so and so, and I bet you were inspired by so and so and so and so." And I'm like, I
0: don't have any. Like, I, I, now once you become a once you become a comedian, have you, I know you're very busy with your own show schedule, but have you gone out and sought out comedy shows and watched other, um, not local comedians, I'm talking about like headliners or anything like that. Yeah. Kind of,
3: yes. About headliners, I'm watched, sorry,
0: like national headliners or like famous sorry, national, comedians. Like,
3: yeah. Who I've, I've watched that I I truly, is Amy Madigan. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I've watched, now that I know more what I'm doing, I'd like to watch,
2: Okay. other
3: people that have been doing it for a lot longer. Mm-hmm. I haven't really gone to see anybody live, but if, it, if they've seen it on Netflix or whatever. Now, before, I will tell you, I did go see Jim Gaffigan live, mm-hmm. and um, George Carlin. I okay. saw George Carlin's last oh, wow. show. George, I saw him twice once. I saw him at University of Delaware, and I saw him at the Tower Theater literally like a month before he died. Mm-hmm. That was before comedy was even a thought
0: There's in a, my head okay
3: now those are the
0: oh sorry go ahead i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off
3: oh no but so i mean i knew i, I liked it but i never had sought it out again i was so into music and i was a mom yeah I, mean, I did all of this when i first started comedy my kid was like 12 or 13 so all of those years yeah. i had been in mom world kid music world okay. and all of that hadn't even been on my radar
0: okay now, Jeremy, very different set of circumstances to starting comedy. Your your thing was you were addicted to drugs for 10 years, and then okay. as part of your sobriety, you got into comedy. So you know, well, I, I did my research. I'm not going to come just do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: So when
1: I got clean and sober, I told myself, I, I'm the opposite of this. I grew up loving comedy. Okay age my dad introduced me to it there was even a um uh career day at school one year and i had this little puppet of alf do you remember alf
0: yes 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 yes.
1: and i just went with the puppet of alf and was a <laughs> it. And it was so yeah i always loved comedy and so i told myself what i got to do so what am i gonna do with you know what i'm gonna do like that's gonna be different and i was like i've always wanted to try this i'm gonna give it a shot okay <laughs> and to uh Oh, well, the riot act, which was a comedy club in DC mm-hmm. at the time. And it was my first time I signed up for an open mic. I didn't invite any friends or anybody. I know I didn't tell anybody and mm-hmm. I just took the down there and I showed up. And right before I got called on stage, I almost chickened out and ran
0: out of there. Oh, wow. Cause I'm
1: at nervous, <laughs> but I got up there. I did my five minutes and when it was over, it was exhilarating. I was so, so. Happy that I had
2: done
0: it, and I got some legs. So yeah, first time. What? Well, um, so now, as an addict, and th- this is a lot of pressure, like putting yourself very exposed in an environment where there's a lot of judging and that kind of stuff. Were you, were you worried at all that this might, like, because it seems like it was almost pretty immediate that you, like, you got yourself sober and you started comedy. It wasn't like a, a phase. There wasn't like a, a, phase in or anything like that. It seemed was, like it was two things thing. pretty close together. To a few
1: months. I Mm -hmm. had a few months of sobriety. And by a few months, I mean about like eight to Mm -hmm. 10 months sobriety before I just jumped in. So yes, I had been clean and sober for a little while before I did it, to the point where I was ready to take the next step in my Mm -hmm. clean-looking life. Like, what do I want to do? I'm gonna try this. I always wanted to, let me give this a shot.
0: Okay, now going back to when you were a kid and your dad was very, um, your dad was, you know, promoted comedy, was very into comedy and kind of got you on there. Um, were you funny? Were you like as like were you a funny kid? Were you a class clown? Yeah. Were you funny among friends? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay.
1: Yes. I, anything seriously?
0: Yes. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. So, was there a point before you started, I think I saw back in 2012 is when you started. Was there points where you were like very close to getting up on stage and doing comedy prior to 2012 or was no. it okay, nothing you didn't <laughs> even, did you go to comedy clubs just to scout it out and see? <laughs>
1: Okay. I lived in New York for a few years. I went to the Comedy Cellar a few times. Okay. Um, I went to a few other comedy clubs, but uh, you know, I was a drummer for many years in the same band. Okay. That's what I was. New York. So music was always my thing, and I had never even thought about actually performing comedy, even though I loved comedy.
0: Okay. Do you still drum? No. Oh. <laughs>
1: I just dropped
0: it. It's
1: funny because in my sobriety, I gained stand-up comedy, and I completely
0: lost music So knowing so I've seen you perform quite often you don't do any jokes about addiction you I think you might reference it in a joke or something as part of like a throwaway but you don't get there's no jokes where there's an emotional attachment I mean I I didn't realize that you had been addicted for so long until I read this First of all what do might what were you what kind of drugs were you addicted to
1: Oh, it was mostly pain pills and cocaine.
0: Okay. And do you know what, like, what caught, was it just, be, were you like a drummer on the road and these were just things that happened as part of that lifestyle, or was it just... No, it
1: actually started before that. So I was a, I was bartending in, uh, in, in like, right when I turned 20. Okay. And uh, uh, that, you know, that scene is where I really picked it up. Okay. The restaurant scene, it, you know, it runs rampant, and... Uh, I picked
0: it up and it turned into a serious issue. Wow. Okay, well congratulations on being sober I guess for eight years now. Yes. Or close to eight years.
2: it would be, right? ten, It'll years. be ten years. Ten Oh wow. September.
0: Oh wow, congrats. Yeah. That's awesome. Is it true that for someone to be a comic, especially a decent enough comic to at least be getting paid and doing this, do comics need to be fucked up to bring a sense of good mm-hmm. material?
1: I've thought about this many times since I've had this discussion with a lot of comedians, especially early on when I started doing comedy. And though we each have been through trauma in our life, I don't know if the
3: answer is necessarily yes. Do you know what I think? Because the trauma that I've experienced never even comes out on stage. Yes. Like, I'll be more than happy to tell my life story, but it's not its not in my jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I mean, a lot of it was happening while I was doing comedy. I But... I don't think that led me to be a comedian. Do you know what I think? Good comics have to be honest, uh-huh. and I think trauma might lead people to use comedy as an honest way to express themselves.
2: Uh-huh.
3: Okay. So I think, I don't think they have to be fucked up, but I, I think they have to be honest and authentic.
1: And I, I think a, a, a requirement for being a good comedian is to not care what people think of you yes. personally. Okay. I have the freedom to speak from your heart and be honest. Yeah,
3: that's what I was going to say. So when, when these people that have been, you know, have people that have died, and things like that, if they can just be honest mm-hmm. with the way they're presenting themselves to the world, even if they're not talking about those topics, mm-hmm. um, I've seen all of the comics that you just mentioned and they're, they all come across as very authentic people, authentic mm-hmm. entertainers. And I think that you. That the common thread with with any trauma
2: mm-hmm.
3: is that when people have adjusted to that. If their their flip side is them being braver as people, okay, they become the performers. That
0: makes sense. And Missy, going to you and I apologize, Jeremy, because I started out with a question, and maybe we'll see how far Missy wants to talk about this, and then Jeremy will come back to the original question with, um, "Why don't you talk more about?" overcoming addiction on stage, which is Missy, you talk about some of, in some of these interviews, like there were some bad things that happened to me. And I think I know what you're talking about. I think it has to do with prior relationships and stuff that you've been through with prior marriages. Do you want to talk about any of that or do you just want to just talk about?
3: Um, Oh, it's fine. Okay. You know, the first one wasn't even that interesting. I, you know, I, I got married, um, When I, gosh, I was 30, I was pregnant, but I had a full-time job with the state. Like, I didn't have to get married. Yeah. But I was in kind of a vulnerable state, and I kind of knew it was a troubled relationship. I kind of knew he was controlling, Mm -hmm. but I I like, okay, so I did it. And it was a big mistake. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had some, some bad years. I don't... People used to equate my life to that movie. Oh God, the one with Julia Roberts, where if the cans aren't lined up neatly, I, mean, I forget what that's called. Yeah, I oh. forget. But a super controlling guy. Um, and then right. when I had a, and I had a kid with him, and I wasn't going to let my daughter grow up in those circumstances. Fairly mm-hmm. normal. Um, but it was a lot. And it was after I got out of that, and that was probably about five years ago. Of being kind of isolated and controlled, and wondering how I could possibly be a person that could let myself have, have that kind mm-hmm. of relationship. was never me. I was very embarrassed,
2: mm-hmm. but
3: I got out of it. And that's when I started performing again as an actor, singer. All mm-hmm. right? And then, cut to, I married, and I, I wanted to this day, I can tell you, Paul was a wonderful guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, I didn't necessarily feel the pull to get married, but I kind of got talked into it. Our kids loved each other. They're like, when are you going to marry my dad? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? This feels fine, right? The kids are getting along. Mm-hmm. This is good. He's a good man. I did it, and um, it, was, it was fine. But unfortunately, there were some issues of PTSD and some bipolar and some psychotic disorders that had not come out that suddenly... yeah blew up. Mm-hmm. Um it was very scary and mm-hmm. it was very sudden. And I mean it was kind of like stuff in a bad movie. We're talking of police and him having to be committed and, and me having to get out of the house and find another place to live with my daughter. And mm-hmm. all of this happened. I had been working full time as a teacher. He had a really good job and comedy was starting to go well for me and he's like, you know what, you should quit and just do substitute teaching. So you could focus on comedy. Mm -hmm. So I did, and then he lost his mind. Uh So I, jobless, have a place to live by the grace of friends Mm who had places, you know. um, But it it was it was a big deal.
0: Yeah. No, that sounds like a huge deal. Yeah. And so you both talk about this with me, which is thank you for sharing. But is there is there a reason that it hasn't translated to the stage? Is it? is it you have enough material here and when you need to dig deeper, then that might come out. Is that what might happen? Okay.
3: Yes. I have a plan. You go I haven't
1: dug deep enough. I'll be the first one to tell you, honestly, I haven't dug deep enough. Um, there's always gonna be self-inflicted trauma mm-hmm. with my tra- I treated people horribly. I was a monster. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of issues I have internally with myself as far as that phase of my life went. Mm-hmm. And maybe I haven't fully come to terms with it, enough that I will openly write and discuss it on stage. I do touch on it a bit in Mm -hmm. a few of my, and I don't do it every time I perform. I have to be feeling it in order to do it, but I know the day is coming where a lot of this is going to come out and get on stage more than it has been. And I don't know when it's going to happen, but I absolutely know it's going to happen.
0: Okay. Well, that's good. And, and so I will ask, did you guys. Have you guys sought out therapy and maybe that's the reason why it hasn't hit the stage? You're able to work it out over here and that that way you don't need to work it out over here. Is that something that, have you guys done therapy around it and that way it's it's able to get out there without, okay. I'm just curious to see how that is. It's my own thing. Yeah,
3: I haven't again when all of this was happening I was trying to carve out a comedy career finish mm-hmm. up my teaching career I was a mom to a teenager stepmom to another teenager whose dad had just lost his mind
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, I had no health insurance had no money like no I did not do therapy I had electricity that was awesome <laughs> you know, yeah. that was um, I also had you know I have a wonderful support system of friends mm-hmm. and things of that nature and I not, not that I'm anti-therapy. If somebody mm-hmm. said, "Hey, Missy, we'll sponsor you, and you can go to therapy," sure, who wouldn't do that, yeah. right? But I, I never did. And
1: just to make it clear, I had my own yes. therapy being in rehab. Yeah. So yes, I have. It's <laughs> just not with a therapist. It was drug counseling.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. thank you, guys. So my yeah. So my question I like to ask is: Are the stuff you tell on stage? Real experiences that happened to you, or real experiences that you've observed. I feel like we're both you with stuff that's actually happened to you, especially <laughs> with you, Missy. Um, and we'll—I yeah. especially want to talk about the gynecologist joke and how that, yeah. how that materialized. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, how much, how much of, I guess, how much of your stuff that you write, your whole set when you guys do a headlining set somewhere, how, what percentage of that is real stuff? And how much of that stuff is you observed it to somebody else, but now it's your story, or it's just maybe an observational joke, or it's just something that you created to kind of fit, maybe, or transition to something else that happened. What percentage is real versus what percentage is
3: wow. fabricated
0: I, or exaggerated, maybe?
3: I can't think of anything that isn't mine.
0: Okay. My I'm not favorite. talking about like stolen jokes. Sure. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just saying okay, like, no, okay. No,
3: but, it's a good question because mm-hmm. I've never thought about it and I'm trying to think. Because, you know, a lot of times I'll tell a joke and somebody will tell me a story that relates to it. I'm like, oh, wow, I should weave that in. I just never have. Mm-hmm. Um, I, are I,
1: I, I think everything's been your experience. Yeah, everything's
3: mm-hmm. been my experience.
1: Mine's a 100%. Yeah. Mine.
2: yeah.
1: For my brand of comedy, for what I do, I take the truth
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I twist it or I bend it a little. Right. Mm-hmm. Um... To try to get the maximum amount of laughs. None of it's a lie. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of, you take it and you just put it on an extreme side. Yeah. But it's all stuff that's happening. But like,
3: yeah, like every story I tell has actually happened. Okay. And that, you know, and that gets back when you were asking about is the other stuff ever going to come up in comedy? Mm -hmm. One of the reasons that I haven't is because of the other people it involves. Yeah. Out, so I'd have to figure out a way to do funny that isn't being mean to somebody who had a mental illness
0: mm-hmm.
3: and that doesn't affect his child that's still going to hear. Do you see what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, no, I understand. Um, I plan on actually, I'm writing and I'm doing some motivational speaking geared towards women where I can tell my story in a funny way mm-hmm. without hurting anybody else, but it won't probably be stand-up worthy. It'll yeah. be more... Hey ladies, you can keep going. Okay. And that's that's, that's awesome. I'm going to I do have a plan on getting it out there, mm-hmm. but I want to do it in a way that doesn't hurt any of the people involved. Okay.
0: Now, when you t- so Missy, with your brand is very happy and very mm-hmm. just this bubbly personality, <laughs> do you think that you will talk? I mean, you say like I eventually will talk about that. i got will you talk about that even though it might go against this brand if you start going a little dark? Well, I mean, I know you've Acted in like Days of Power is a dark film, sure. but that's that's I'm not sure. that's not a real version of yourself. Will right. it, does will you violate the brand? Of, not I want to say violate. Will you will you kind of maybe dial back the happy brand to talk about some of the darker moments and stand up, or will it maybe always be motivational speaking, or maybe like a like a one woman play or something I, like that?
3: I'm actually planning a one woman show. Okay. That will that will do a deeper dive. Okay. Um, I, the brand for my stand-up, because what makes me laugh and giggle and relate to people that are out for a comedy club for Uh just a good time, they don't need to hear, you know, I I, I mean, and let me tell you, some comics do it really, really well, and I Uh admire them. It's just, I started off on this bubbly, like, Uh mom kind of woman thing that I think I'll stick with, with brand, with comedy but hopefully with other projects, Mm -hmm. I'll be able to weave them together. Okay, That's where it's head now anyway.
0: Okay, cool. So Jeremy, you talk about your divorce, lack of sex,
1: If she showed up for (laughs) that.
2: So I told her, I was like, look, once a month is not going to do it.
1: I'm going to need sex more often than once a month. She told me that's fine. No problem. You start being a little bit nicer to me. Start paying me a little bit more attention. We can have sex more often. I was like, screw it. Once a month is (laughs) fine. There's only so
2: much I can do.
0: Tell me. First of all, Missy talks about staying away from maybe get, bringing somebody else's issues to, a, to the stage. I, your experience it seems to be a lot different with your ex-wife. Does she know that you tell this joke? Have she, has she heard it through the grapevine? That there's a joke about... We don't
2: have communication, Okay. So I have no
0: idea. Okay. 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 I
2: have
0: no idea. Well, so tell me how that joke started. I'm assuming you talked about it, so you know it's real. We know it's a real thing that happened that led to a divorce. Yep. How is? Were you divorced and then start stand up, or you started stand up and then you got divorced? Uh, I started stand
1: up first and then got
0: divorced. Okay, so you were so you were both married <laughs> to other people and started stand up. Okay.
1: One <laughs> was not the cause of the other. Uh,
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So being so you're so that this makes it a little more interesting because now you're married to her and. You, so this joke does this joke come out of frustration was this a way this was this a way to kind of nudge her like you didn't want to directly talk to her about the lack of sex but I'm going to put it in my joke and hopefully she hears it if you or was this joke no. not written when you guys were married
1: It was not written before. Oh okay okay it was, it was written after the divorce
0: okay so then no. tell me what made you put pen to paper or finger to cell phone for that joke? Versus, because that's really the only time you talk about your ex-wife. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's pretty, it plus, yeah. It okay. That's
1: probably the only time you'll ever hear me. Talk about <laughs> um, you know, no ill will, but it, just, yeah. it didn't work out. Yeah. Um, but as you know, when, when I met Missy mm-hmm. and I found out what true love really is, mm-hmm. I needed something in my head to compare what mm-hmm. I thought. Love was. Mm-hmm. And so it led to, you know, a lot of times you think what what you thought life was supposed to be for.
2: Right. Now,
1: that's one of the first things
2: that came to mind. <laughs> Holy crap,
1: people love each other, have sex off. <laughs> that's a thing. I
2: could, I'm couldn't. i getting laid all the time. I just like, oh my
0: God. <laughs> so, I've never <laughs> seen Jeremy happier. <laughs> Did you write this down, or is this like I'm just gonna go to stage? And I'm gonna work this out on stage. Are you a writer down guy? Because you sent me you sent me some set list, but you never sent yeah. me a joke a page out of the joke book. So tell me your writing process. I
1: don't write stuff down word for word. What I do is I get the idea. I write uh, like it's just a little side note, like a on
0: paper, to- cell phone. How do you how do you get okay?
1: Paper, that's why I've got like 20 little sheets of paper in my desk drawer that I'm constantly scribbling and trying to find room to write on. Right. Not like I'm ever going to know where I left off or anything. <laughs> but just the idea of writing it down helps lock it in my brain. I have a bad memory. Yeah. So just, it's just a horrible memory. <laughs> so I write it on paper and that just helps keep it in my brain. I don't really have to read the paper. I just have to write it down somewhere. And so I know what I want to say in my head. And the cool thing is, that, you know, being married to another comedian, mm-hmm. I can get it in, in my head, run downstairs, Missy, you gotta hear this, tell me what you think. And so I immediately can tell the joke to somebody and already start working out how I want to say it so that I don't have to write it word for word on a paper. I just need a little footnote.
0: So this is a great question. Do you, So you guys do work out material with mm-hmm. each other? Or oh, yeah. does one of you work out more on the other one and the other one kind of more keeps everything in, in the drawer?
3: Not practice telling a joke to save my life. Okay. It is painful if I say, "Jeremy, do you think it's funny?" And I'll try. Sorry. It's
0: alright. Right.
3: I'll try to tell it. I can't. I can't practice. I mm-hmm. can't actually experiment with a joke. I can just tell him premises.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: If I tell him like, premises, he'll go yes. But if I were to try to actually, truly work out material, it goes horrible. Okay. So I, Jeremy can kind of say it as if he's going to say it on stage.
0: Okay. So, yeah. so Jimmy, let me ask you, are you ever worried that a joke that you like and you tell Missy and Missy goes, and then you shove it and then maybe you pull it out of the show just because you're running out of time or something and it works. Is there anything weird with that? Has that ever happened where you're like, don't you the other person feels a lot of pressure for the material uh-huh. that might get in the trash can?
1: I can't think of a time when it, when that happened and it actually worked. I can think of quite a few times where I said, Missy, what do you think about that? She's like, mm, I think it still needs to work. And I'm like, screw what she says. And I do I it, it and I get crickets. <laughs> and I'm like, damn it, I should have listened to my wife. Okay. To help me, and I don't
3: listen. But you gotta remember, I had a lot of years before comedy as a director, Mm -hmm. right? Of other performers. So I have kind of a knack and an innate sense of, like, yes, that's gonna work, Mm -mm, that's not gonna work. Or I know him well enough to know it's not done yet. Okay. You know? Yeah. um, So it's not even the wife brain, it's more like former director brain.
0: Okay. So when we're
3: there, then I just laugh at him with wife brain.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Jeremy, the, 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 lack of sex and the divorce joke, does that, you said you write down maybe, okay, that maybe that's all you wrote, just that one thing, lack of sex, and then, and then you go uh, on stage with it. I on a
1: note card, divorce. Okay. And I know talk about.
0: So you go on stage. Is that how you work it out then? And that's how you, are you self editing as you go on stage? A
1: little bit. Okay. A little bit. And I'll tell you, one of my flaws is I will come up with a concept for a joke. I'll try it on stage. If it doesn't work, I may just abandon it. Okay. Instead of working on it for the next time. And that's a serious flaw of mine that I'm trying to work on. Um, if I don't get a good laugh out of it the first time, there's a good chance I scrap it without putting more work into it. And okay. That's a habit to, to have.
0: So I assume if you were to send me this joke about your divorce from whenever you did it for the first time, and then what you sent me in that clip that joke is greatly different because it's all just being done on stage. There's not, yes. it's probably a much longer joke. So how do you edit then? So do you record yourself when you tell this, when you tell a joke?
1: I, I do record myself. I, I, ha, I don't do it as much as I've seen most comedians do it. Mm-hmm. I should, I just, I don't like listening to myself or watching myself, which is a problem we all have. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but for me, the things that change, the timing will change. I will uh, get to the meat of it. So I will cut out the fat. that doesn't need to be there if it's too wordy, Mm -hmm. um, which Missy helps a lot with that too. She'll let me know what parts are too wordy. (laughs) And um, I just know from the last time I performed it, hey, when I leave out this part, it seems to go better. Hey, when I throw this tagline on it, it seems to do better. So yes, it's a lot of self-editing from stage.
0: So you talk about that your memory is not the greatest. So how do you edit and make sure that if, the, if there's six points over here and three work, how do you remember for the next time to do those three and not to do all six if you're not running anything down?
1: Mark, just like me, you're a man
0: who
1: <laughs> has so <laughs> I want to remember. And for me, that's important enough that my brain retains it. Okay. Missy tells me what she did yesterday while I was at work. I love her to death, but it won't
3: stay. <laughs> <in my head. laughs> I just memorized Jeremy's phone number. I just memorized
0: Two years,
1: I get it. <laughs> so so it's it just that comedy is so important to me. What I do on stage is so important that I don't have a problem remembering that.
0: Okay, so how did you know then that this joke was done, this specific joke? How you know like it's baked, it's out of the oven, it's ready to serve, or is it always a work in progress? Is it it's, three months from now you'll go back to that cue card that says divorce on it and be like, I need to put this tag on here or something. I need to look at this and focus on that joke more. Do you do that? Yeah, some-
1: to mind that I thought I could add on to it. I have no problem doing that. But I'm completely satisfied with that divorce joke exactly how it is because it's quick, to the point, gets the laugh, I can move on to the next thing. I've trimmed all the fat off of it that I've needed to.
0: Okay. All right, well, yeah. thank you, Jeremy. But the question for both you guys, do you guys have a writing routine? Every day, do you guys sit down between one and two and write jokes? Is there some kind of, we gotta at least write something every day or is there any routine to your writing or is it just,
3: I'd love to think of where I could be right now. If I actually did that, yeah. um, I, I've, I've never really sat down. Like I showed you, I have a notebook where I jot mm-hmm. down ideas. The only reason I have anything written down actually is because of festivals or things that I've had to do where I had to plan a set before that. I've never even planned a set. Mm-hmm. Like when I go into doing, especially if you have a long show, like if I have an hour, I have no idea what I'm going to say because you've got plenty of time to make friends with the audience and banter and do whatever and just, mm-hmm. get in. um, the, what you'll see me write down is if I've got to work clean. Okay. Want to make sure like, Hey, okay, what works and how can I reword it? That, that I will, Physically sit down and write out differences. Okay. From how, normally tell it to something that I could tell like in a high school or in a nursing home. Right? I see. That's, that's really the only time I write anything out specifically. Everything else is usually just, oh my gosh, and I'll write down a note. Like for instance, I want to make a, I was just telling Jeremy. I was like, oh, people always brag about having rescue dogs. Shouldn't used cars be called rescue cars? (laughs) And I'm like, should I write a bit about rescue cars? And I'll just write, so in my phone I have a note that says rescue cars. Okay. The thing is, here's the
1: funny thing. That's all I hear from her is she tells me the the concept. I'm like, yep, that's a great concept. All of a sudden, she'll be at a show like a couple weeks later, and she just goes off on it. <laughs>
2: and it works. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's been
1: run
3: by me, and I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I don't write anything down until after I've done it and mm-hmm. get ready for another thing.
0: Okay, so let's get into the gynecologist joke.
3: What is our least favorite doctor's appointment? The oh oh Absolutely! just out of curiosity.
0: First of all, is that how you is that how it's labeled in your book? You put gynecologist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah,
3: yeah, and like the Vimeo files and everything, it's like the gynecologist. That's it. Yeah.
0: Okay. So you obviously, since you're both, you guys mentioned that these are based on real experiences. Um, you're at the gynecologist. Where? How do you get? So obviously, all this stuff's happening, and you think, oh, this is great for a bit. How do you develop the ideas and then get it down? In this notebook because you're at a gynecologist's office or do you whip out your phone in the middle of the exam right. and it's like the, 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 oh yeah
3: no i just i'll remember. usually i'm laughing about it or or i'm at a point now where i'll ask either the doctor or my gynecologist questions when i'm there like the scoot down
0: part. yeah yeah
3: i'm doing that and i asked i'm like is it just me <laughs> and she's like, no, nobody can make it down on the first try. And I'm like, okay, so that's a thing. But then it becomes a joke.
0: So you just remember this and then you get into your car after the exam's and over. And <laughs> that, that I didn't have to write down. That
3: I just started talking about. Okay.
0: All right. And
3: um,
0: so how different is that joke from the clip that we see and from what I've heard of it from when you first started doing it? Do you also self-edit like Jeremy does on stage or do you write yes. down this, this part works, this part doesn't work? No writing. No,
3: I I just play with that on stage until it feels good. And that one had a lot of add-ons because mm-hmm. um, I don't remember if the bit... I don't think the bit about the transvaginal mesh and the transvaginal ultrasound mm-hmm. and the gyne- and the gynecologist were even to guess. Like, I think gynecologist early appointments came after I had done an, another thing and then I wove them yeah. you know, all together when I talked about the trans... So it became... I'm oh, impressed. I never, never yeah. sat down and did that on purpose. I just do
0: it on stage. I'm just impressed that you guys can like, self-edit. I have to go down. I listen to it and I write down, Like I put an X over the crap that doesn't work, mm-hmm. or I put a check right. mark next to it if it does work. And so, but I'm, that's
2: what you're supposed to do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you're supposed to do any of it, so I mean, I think all this works. I think, I'm just trying, this is what I'm, this is what I'm fascinated by. I'm fascinated by how the comics write the material. So you guys pretty much have a similar writing method. You're just jotting down a word or a few words, and then you go up on stage. And you, it's, it's, Now, when you go on the stage, is that new joke. So the guy called a joke, not performed yet. The, the divorce joke, not performed yet. Is that in your pocket, that cue card I'm to not, whip up? He'll
3: have notes. I've never taken notes on stage. Okay. I'm a snob about that because of my years as an actor. Mm-hmm. This is that's my perception.
1: I... Don't look at my notes on stage, but you can bet I've got them in my pocket. Okay. I just feel right having them in my pocket. I won't pull them out. I won't look at them, but I know they're there, and for some reason that gives me comfort.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, one
1: of the one of the most important things, though, for our like um, writing styles and figuring out like what works and what doesn't work, is we do a lot of shows together. That ride home in the car yes. is an an anal- we analyze. Okay. So we we'll, we have, you know, sometimes we have, you know, five, six hour rides home from gigs. Sometimes it's just an hour and a half. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a minute. We'll analyze each other's sets.
0: Okay. Um, so then, okay. So that's part of it. That lets you, but how much is, cause you guys are very active on social media with putting up funny concepts. Is that also something that might become an idea? Do you guys put something on Facebook and, and then see if likes. And comments will equal this to be a stage joke at some point. Or no, that's just social yeah. media and just lives on their own.
3: For him, yes. And for my, I love getting the funny stuff out there. And now, because of the pandemic and we're mm-hmm. not out there as people, I've been trying to create more content and think of it in different ways. Mm-hmm. So I didn't used to think of it as stuff for stage before, mm-hmm. but I'm starting to. Okay. A lot.
0: So first of all, with the pandemic, have you guys performed? I know I saw your schedule online. You had a lot of virtual shows on. But have you guys performed live yet since March 15th or whatever?
3: I've gotten to do two shows. We got to do one in a theater together. Like, each comic had their own microphones. The audience was in masks and spread out. It was.
1: It was the very first
3: live comedy show to come back to the state of Delaware. In the state of Delaware. It was the first. Was Was this Keith? Was
0: this the Keith thing in Milton? Yes. Yes. Okay. I was there. So I know that's a pretty, no. Okay. So going back to the final part we're talking about performing your bits. And so Jeremy, uh, the divorce bit, you, you're, you and Missy have similar stage presence to an extent. You both, you're both very out in front. You're both centers that you don't hang back. You're not a chapelle. sits on a stool. Tell me a little bit about I, I feel like this is probably a question more for Missy than Jeremy, but is there you guys play somewhat of a character on stage because I know you like Missy You're very nice and outgoing, but there's almost a more exaggerated version when you're on stage You're this very bubbly personality to an extreme. I mean, but by no offense I mean you're great both on and off stage, but I almost feel like you are like your 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 hand motions are exaggerated and all this stuff. Is there a consciousness decision to to put your hands certain ways to stand certain ways that you write down? Like, oh my gosh, I flipped my hair in this one bit. Make sure I'm gonna write down flick my hair at this at this okay. punchline. Okay. I
3: have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. Okay. Um, in, uh, and, and it was funny because people would give me feedback. And they're like, "Wow, your movements are so precise." I'm mm-hmm. like, "That is a complete accident." Mm-hmm. I have. Never planned any of that. I think what it comes from is having been a performer for so long, mm-hmm. doing musical theater. I think my body just does it, but I like, I'll watch video of myself. I'm like, I didn't know I did, like, I don't, I don't have any sense of it at all.
0: Okay. And Jeremy, same question. Like, is there a deliberate to the way that you perform on stage? I know a lot of your jokes are self deprecating about your height. Is there? A con- like, I, I forget if there was a show that you and I did together, and I, I don't know if you told me to keep the microphone up so that you would do this motion. Is there is there a is there a cautiousness to to the way that you deliver jokes, and specifically with your height?
1: Okay, first of all, one of the worst <laughs> things that I do is I fan the room. Uh-huh. Right? Oh my God, yes. When I'm performing, I can't tell you how many times, Missy, a club owner or you know veteran comedians like. Why you keep turning your head? <laughs> <laughs> I want everybody to make sure that they can hear what I'm saying. It sucks. And when I see it on camera, I'm like, oh my gosh, delete.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, for me,
1: like I don't, no character really comes out. It's mm-hmm. just me. But I don't, I don't know if, how it is for other comedians. But as soon as I get on stage, I, I remember to keep my energy up. Mm-hmm. Energy mm-hmm. is very important to me. So you know, I when I come out. Coming out swinging, and it, it builds a confidence that lasts throughout my set.
0: Yeah. Now um, you guys both dress very nicely when you guys perform. You don't walk out there like in jeans and and a t shirt. You know, like how I'm dressed now, Missy. You're always dressed up with your hair done. And Jeremy, you I think you wear a blazer most of the time when you perform. You know, is, is, the, so what, tell me about the outfit. Tell me about the importance of looking good up there versus just like kind of like comics that roll out of bed with a hoodie on or like a, maybe like a zip up jacket kind of deal.
1: Well, let me just tell you this. We can put all of that on Disney. Because before I met Disney, I performed in jeans, sneakers, and a t
2: shirt.
1: And now when we go to the show, I'm like, honey, I'm going to wear my brand new white Pumas or my brand new blue Adidas. She goes, okay. You're a professional. Put on your big boy shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, now I wear dress shoes, jeans, and a blazer. I'm like, just so I don't piss her off.
3: I'm like, you have to wear your big boy shoes. You're a grown up. You're yeah. a grown up man dressed
1: like it.
3: But it depends on the menu Right. And I don't mean I. I'm too old to be super casual on yeah. stage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if, if I. If I were to wear on stage what I typically wear around the house, which is jeans and T-shirts and stuff, mm-hmm. I would look like I was trying to be young. Okay. There's a difference between performing that way and as a person, that's me—jeans, T-shirts, all the time. As a performer, I spiff it up just a little to acknowledge the fact that I know how old I am.
0: Okay. <laughs> is there material that you guys will not touch? Let's say you guys come with a great joke about this subject. No, whether it's race or sex or drugs or what your kids, is there certain stuff that you won't touch? Maybe like, I have a great idea. This works for this comic. I'll give it to them. Great.
1: Yeah. Um, here's the thing. Um, I don't touch politics. I don't touch race. And it's not because I've made a conscious effort not to. It's not my style. It's mm-hmm. not who I am.
2: So, okay.
1: Yeah, off limits. But it's only off limits because it's just—it's not my thing. I don't discuss it in real life
0: either. Okay. Same. Sing-
3: yeah, I, I, politics. Again, when you see the kinds of stuff that we joke about, mm-hmm. they uh, politics don't really fit into where
2: mm-hmm.
3: I'm going, um, and I. I am not comfortable at all making a joke about race.
0: Okay. At all. Okay. No. Fair enough. And for me, self-deprecating humor, um,
1: I, it, it, a lot of the laughs that I get is because I can tell my ridiculousness to a group of people who have their own ridiculousness right. mm-hmm. and the fact that I'm willing to admit mine makes them able to laugh because they know they've got other things in their life that kind of suck too. Yeah. So it, it would never be my style to pick on
0: something that doesn't have to do with me Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So let's talk, I'm going to go back into your jokes a little bit. Uh, It seems, mostly with Missy, although, um, Jeremy, you have a joke that pertains to Missy about your, a lot of your subject material is very cognizant cognizant of your age and being a mother. Um, How big of a factor does your age come into comedy? Not so much with material, but like, I know for me, I'll, I'll, I'll be 35 in a month and there are times where I'm performing on um, shows and there'll be a twenty four year old who's just killing it and I have these regrets about starting so late um, doing comedy. I know both <laughs> you guys I know both you guys I was like, man, if I just if I had just done this when I left college, you know, where would I be now versus, you know, I've only done for five years, six years. Um right. do you guys have any I know both of you guys started later doing stand-up than probably the, the median age of a stand-up comedian, especially in the East Coast, I would say. How much does your age come into your mind? Does it motivate you more? Do you see like all these young kids are getting more stage time in bigger clubs? I need to be out there more. I need to produce more content. I need to write more. Does any of that come in via age?
3: Um, I've been letting it kind of flow naturally because I, I kind of stumbled into comedy and it's been going well. And the only thing that you know, people say, well, you're, it takes ten years to find your voice. I'm like, yeah, I started this in in my 40s. I don't have 10 years to find my voice. We've got to do this now, uh-huh. right? So I've had the the pressure of going, no, I we got to call this ready because I'm not waiting till I'm 60. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. But in general. Um, I have found that comparison is really like a thief of joy, uh-huh. and and it can really, so I have just kind of kept my little blinders on and just forged where I fit, and that's pretty much what I've been doing. If I spend time paying that much attention to what other comics are doing or who's getting stage time or who's younger than me or prettier or any of that stuff, I would get I I just I don't allow space for that in my head. I just kinda go forward. And I also think in some ways it's worked to my advantage because Mm -hmm. I don't think there are a ton of me out there. And -hmm. there's some. I've met some. I work with women, you know, the women of a certain age comedy group and stuff, but usually (whistles) if you say The, there's Dennis. As you say, you know, the, the middle-aged, the, the the white lady with the curly hair. She's older. Mm-hmm. You have more of a chance of figuring out that it's me than you do naming every 20 year old you've seen, okay. right? Yeah. So it works against me, um, but I try I do try not to let it get in my head.
0: Okay. So when you tell the joke about the and what's going to happen? is the clips you send me, I'm going to drop them here. So when I say when I say the paramedic joke. <laughs>
3: I'm 50. I pick out my underwear based on what the paramedics might think. You want that one quick moment to make an impression after your heart attack, right? Kinda of cute, maybe a good time, but clearly very responsible and excellent mother. <laughs> Twenty seven. She's still pretending to like things like football. front of me. Start like <laughs> migrating to the back of me. How <laughs> <laughs> the <powder> feet change?s from <laughs> very like, you look fine, like if you trust me. If I were to take off any of this, it's like a melting snowman. <laughs> <laughs> These aren't even my like, boobs. I'm just wearing so much space under here. <laughs> are going to need to do a rectal exam, I'm like, well, okay, but I mean, I'm just here to get my teeth cleaned.
0: So you know that joke has primarily doing. With, that joke can only be told by uh, someone. You know, some you, a twenty year old can't come up with the maturity to tell exactly. a joke like that. So
2: exactly.
0: so walk me through that joke where you're making, you're talking about underwear, you're talking about the the muffin or the muffin top, you're talking about right. um, the melting snowman, very self deprecating. And then Jeremy, I want you to chime in because you tell about being married to an older comic and and how these jokes genesis. And then, kind of, kind of how we did with the with the gynecologist and the divorce joke, kind of walk me through the origin, and then when we see this clip and how you for how you formulate the joke and put the ingredients in and edit it and all that stuff, because it seems to be multiple jokes within one joke.
3: For me, one of the things that has shocked me is that I. As I started coming, like I still feel the same in my head as I always did, right? Uh-huh. Then it's true. I look down at my arms. I'm like, that's my mom's hand. Uh-huh. You know, that joke happens because it's it's true. And then I laugh because I can remember being 20, 25, and looking at older women and going, Oh yeah, you know, I guess she didn't moisturize enough, uh-huh. or, or you know when i would spend all of my extra money at victoria's secret to impress some guy I'm like i will never i will never not be in perfect shape and i will never not wear sexy underwear and like those idealistic things and it makes me laugh when i realize how ridiculous that is and i it, and it's it's fun to share it because it's fun to tell it to women that are younger than i am I'm like hey, this is it mm-hmm, this is gonna happen to you like we all think it's not going to happen to us and it happens to all of us yeah. and it it makes me laugh because I really didn't think it was going to happen.
0: So I really you,
3: thought that it wasn't going to happen.
0: But the joke is perfect because you talk about the paramedic. How did you get paramedic? How was all, I mean obviously you see your underwear and there's something there but then you hit it with the paramedic. Where did that come from? Did you see I, a paramedic I, or something when you when you're I, writing a joke or something? I, I, okay
3: did i had had and this was nine years ago uh-huh. i had had chest pains and some numbing in my arm so i went to the walk-in clinic and um i was what they call PVCs. Uh-huh. and they called the ambulance from the clinic and the paramedics had to come to take me to the hospital and i was not i did not have a heart attack But yes, that's what it was because they were undressing me in the ambulance and I remember being very cognizant of the fact that I had on like mom underwear and not sexy underwear. So are you formulating a joke
0: in the back of an ambulance? Like are you like, this "This is joke worthy? Yeah, uh,
3: yeah, I did, I did. This was, in fact, my CD had been released at that time but I hadn't done that joke yet. That was when I very first started cuz remember i released a cd before i ever performed a lot be- before i ever did 5 minutes
0: misrepresentation so is 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 before you start doing stand up that's cuz that's that? is misrep is that cd you're talking about misrepresentation
3: misrepresentation was my first show i ever did
0: oh my gosh that's incredible now that i i, I heard the, the the comedy cast, i don't think it was mentioned was it mentioned? Okay, wow, that's crazy to think about how good that is. I mean, she barely does stand up and now she's nominated for a Grammy. It's <laughs> not fair how this all works. <laughs> uh, it's weird.
3: It's weird. But no, um, and I've changed a lot as a comic then, mm-hmm. but that was the first show I ever did, and I'd never done a five but They just said, Hey, you think you can do ninety minutes? And I was like, Well, sure, because I didn't know any better. Who's good, they, right? the
0: but, venue? Because that record release um, for Realize. You know, Record label. How did a rec- how did you get a record label having never done comedy?
3: Because they are the ones that saw me as an actor and asked me to just warm up the crowd in the theater where I work from. They were there recording her, and okay. then they just signed me after they saw me.
0: Is there a loyalty to realize because they gave you that chance? Is now the sure. CD has caught on to Grammys and and now you have a podcast through them? Is your second album, yeah. The Fifty Shades of Fifty, through them as well? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Are these albums available on your website? Because I don't know if they are. I don't think I saw them. You know
3: what? I, I should probably do that. I don't. Think, I know they're available on their website.
0: I should. Because mm-hmm. I, I know they I sell. I mean, the shows you've done, you sell all the CDs, or at least most of them, at the end of the show or whatever have yeah. you done. So.
3: I
1: should, I should, you've got a few hours in the morning that you could I know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: probably. I I'm not very good at marketing myself or anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, I need a Somebody that
0: right? not yeah. <laughs> So where do you get melting snowman? Because that's such a very that's such a great analogy. I mean, is was that your idea or did your kids shout at you can't be mean to shout that at you yeah, or something?
3: There was a snowman. I will never forget. My girls did and this was pre-comedy. This was way mm-hmm. pre-comedy, but I'll never forget. They built a snowman in the backyard. And they put boobs on it.
2: Uh-huh. And they were like, ha
3: ha ha and then it started, you know, as it started going, I'm like, Oh my god, it looks like me. And of course everybody was in hysterics. Uh-huh. Because I've got the pale skin <laughs> and all of that. And I it's that I can still see the snowman in my mind's eye that the girls built.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. And then also last thing I wanna to touch on is that you you do and this is, I don't think this is something that you normally do as a as a way of doing comedy is the is the you talk about the uh, rectal exam, then you do a misdirection with the teeth cleaning. So tell is, and you tell me everything's based on true experiences. Did okay. that happen at a dentist office? Did like very no, naughty things happening? Happen oh okay.
3: Did, no. But I joked with the dental hygienist about it. Okay. Like, you, because I was like, well, thank God everybody else wants to look at my rectum. Thank you. For that. <laughs> yes. So it was based on, You're right. That did not actually okay. happen. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: So I, I just it's just it's amazing to me how in this specific set, I'm not we don't have to talk about the origin of each one, but you, you mentioned the underwear, the the muffin top, the melon snowman, algebra, the rectal exam, um uh, peeing when you I mean there are just so many jokes. Is this all these note these, these that the notebook you just had, can you hold it up again? Is this like a college ruled notebook? this
3: is this is a new notebook. That would have been in an older notebook
0: your um, is that yeah, notebook specific was, to your writing style? I need to have like that college kind of notebook with like it's not a spiral, no, it's not.
3: No, I just like yeah, like this is says this is from pre to twenty seventeen, um, and then starting in February. No, I just have blank like, books. Somebody gifted me like a student of mine had given me this with a little mug that matches. Mm-hmm. Another one that I'm using was one that Jeremy had gotten at a. Um, like a convention that he went to. So no, I don't I don't have um, any ritual things like that. When I was performing as a singer, I had mm-hmm. to have certain kinds of off drops, I had to have certain highlighters to highlight. All of that stuff with comedy of much, much looser.
0: Okay. Much sing Okay. And so the joke, Jeremy, I want to kinda of talk about again real quick is the joke that you talk about with Missy and being married to an older woman. How did you get that joke? you know, it, it, how did how'd you get that joke taking, I mean, because you're living with, I mean, that joke I'm assuming you guys were dating at this point, I think I, you guys weren't married, so how do you write a joke about someone that you're dating and then have it be that good? Like with, I mean, is, do you worry about what, she, what Missy is thinking We talk about the, the life alert and all this stuff?
2: Congratulations! man. I'm so happy
0: that I got married, like I love
1: my wife, we almost been married one year, we got one more month before we celebrate our first wedding anniversary, and I love her to death. The thing is, my wife is a little bit older than me. My wife is 13 years older than I am. I am lucky girl, right? It's over.
2: <laughs> So when we first started dating, my friends were like, hey,
1: she's 13 years older than you, isn't that like kind of awkward? I'm like, no, it's not awkward. Except for when she starts her sentences with, when I was your age.
2: That's <laughs> weird. And I wanted to do something
1: special this year for Christmas, right? It was our first Christmas marriage. I wanted to get her something meaningful, something beautiful. So I got her for this one for the And here's the thing. She opened it up on Christmas morning, took one look at it, threw it across the room, stormed out of the house. And I can't figure out to this day where I went wrong. It was this beautiful necklace there. It came down right about here, and it
0: had this beautiful little pen up the bottom, and it said right across the top, it said, Life Alert. <laughs> you worry at all? Okay.
1: <laughs> and that that's the thing, is that Missy is what made it okay for me to write those jokes, because when we first started dating each other, immediately we were laughing about the difference in our ages. Okay. You know? She's older than I am. I'm shorter than she is. We'd laugh about all of the differences, <laughs> and because of that, it led to these jokes about, well, how can I compare this in the most absurd way possible? And you just start brainstorming these ideas. A couple of those, Missy wrote.
0: Okay. The um, Life Alert? Who who did Life Alert?
1: I think that was Missy.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, okay. Like,
1: I, like you know, I. I we go over this stuff together. We bounce ideas off each other, but I think the, some of these ideas came out of her mouth.
0: Okay. And what about then the reality show mashup? Because that's very creative—the way that you are I, I, able it's, to marry. It's in day one. So tell me, I mean, you. I think the, the joke involves between six and eight different reality shows that you mentioned. Do you watch reality shows? Like, how did you, or did like, hey, I, this works with these two that I know. I'm going to start going through a Wikipedia article and seeing which ones I can marry. How did you genesis that joke?
1: I wrote that joke during my first marriage. Okay. And my ex-wife, she loved watching reality shows. And we'd always watch TV together at night, and I used to like. I started despising reality shows. They're
2: not
1: real. You know, and that, that concept always bothered me. These reality shows aren't real. They're scripted. It's very upsetting. And I was, you know, in my head, I'd just be like, you know, well, this show's stupid because of this reason. This show's stupid because of this reason. And I was like, well, what if they're both stupid because of this reason? And I smashed it together. So I've actually been telling that joke for like seven years.
0: Okay. And that's a great segue into both a question. Missy, you've done two albums. Jeremy, have you put out anything like yeah. this? Okay, how do you guys know when something is final? Like Jeremy, are you are you someone like Jay Leno who's like, I'm never giving it away? Or is there like, if I hit an hour I feel comfortable with, I'm just doing, I'm, you know, I'm just gonna tape or I'm gonna record it and that's gonna be a new CD. How do you guys know when these jokes are final and then you throw them in the trash? When do you guys know that?
3: I, I delete, Michelle, the, the producer at the mm-hmm. label, is the one that said, "This is good. This is good. Let's put it out there." Um, if I went on my own instincts, I'd never record anything because I never think anything's good enough. <laughs> okay. So I'm always prompted, always prompted by somebody else. That's it's never. I'm never that confident in it.
0: Okay. And and Jeremy, are you? Is there ever a time that you would release your jokes for public? Listening? If I
1: got a good recording of them, absolutely. My problem mm-hmm. is that. I don't know if you've experienced this, but every time I purposefully record a set,
2: something goes awry and the footage just sucks. So I talk in the audience, I screw
1: up a joke, and then times I don't bring the camera, I ace it. So I'm like, you know, I'm done. I like live performance. It's the most important thing to me. I'm done bringing a camera that's going to jinx it. If one
3: happens to catch it someday, mm-hmm. great. otherwise, I'm there for those people in front of me. And see, I got lucky because. I, my shows for recording were set up by the, studio, by the label, right? Okay. So I, didn't have so I didn't, I didn't make any of the arrangements, I didn't do any of that, I didn't do any of the editing or the sound. It was like, hey, Missy, this is the date, this is the theater, here's what we're going to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, because it's right, because now when I try to get just clicks, like Jeremy's saying, and you know, is there'll always be somebody's head in there. When yeah. I like, I can't flip. For submissions to save my life. Yeah. I had to re- rely on myself, but this was some a show specifically for recording, so that was
0: that okay. Was. Now, Missy says I'll ask this question to you because you really you you have between the two of you like a physical thing that your jokes are contained in, which is the notebook. Is that notebook important to you? If I were to tell you once you die, your daughter's just going to throw in the trash, does that upset you? Or would you want her to like, hey, I've put so much work into this. I want her to hold on. No. Okay. So that thing. Oh, okay. no. Okay.
3: No.
0: Maybe, we'll, maybe we'll make it into the, uh, the the world of comedy in New York. Maybe we'll make it up there one day. would
3: that be funny? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. That, it, that would be so cool, but I don't, I don't really think,
0: I'm like, oh, yeah, no, it's a notebook. Okay. I was just curious. What is the next step for both you guys? What's the next achievable, not milestone? Like, is it another album? Is it a festival? Is it I want to perform on the West Coast? Is there like a goal that you guys set this year that you? I mean, obviously with COVID, that kind of derailed a lot of stuff. But was there a, was yeah. there a step? You're like something that I have not done before. That this is the next step I want to take, kind of deal. Is it another movie? We,
1: we each that's an individual goal. For ourselves, so like, as there's individual goals and then there's kind of comedy couple goals. Like mm-hmm. the podcast that we're doing was a goal for us, and we were achieving that right now. Um, we'd really like to do some stuff on camera, uh, just like we do on our podcast. Okay. So, uh, and I'm not going to say reality show. Name, <laughs>
2: but just, <you> know, <laughs> okay. so
1: we'd like to get
3: some stuff on film. So, okay. okay. Um, I, I got into Burbank Comedy Festival. That's going to be virtual, uh-huh. and um, Big Pine is supposed to be still going on. We'll see in Arizona. But a big thing for me this year was I wanted to do I want to do more just videos to to blow out, and I'm finally learning how to use Premiere Pro.
2: Uh-huh. She's good. At it. I'm yeah, in fun, good at it.
3: and that to me I think in a time. Where we're realizing that just live performance isn't sustainable, I've been trying to really develop another skill set mm-hmm. and get to, to more writing. Okay. Sure.
0: Okay. Cool.
3: And, Thanks. and hopefully, you know, hopefully I can get a few more auditions for some stuff on the West Coast, but we'll see.
0: Let I have a question for you. If I could guarantee you like a ten pitcher deal plus Broadway, and I said the condition is you walk away from stand up, you write for other people, would you do it? Maybe. Okay. Is stand up
3: Broadway?
0: Is stand up a means to
3: perform at all?
0: Yeah, yeah, you'd be able to perform, okay. but it couldn't be comedy. If you're writing jokes, it'd be written for somebody else. It, okay. Yes. Yeah.
3: So, so performing is TBR
0: still the most important. important. Is stand up a means to an end, and the end is? Before I acting.
3: Um do you know it varies from day to day Mm -hmm. because when I'm doing stand up I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And if I could do that enough, and it feels easy, right? It's Mm -hmm. just you, it's just the mic, there's no Mm -hmm. sex, there's no it's it's so just ta da Mm -hmm. I love it. But if I got if I gave up stand up, if I could do film and Broadway and Mm -hmm. still write jokes, uh, yes.
0: Okay. Okay. Um Questions. Then I want to talk a little bit, and I, I'm going to link uh, the the uh, the comic comedy cast that you did with that Irish guy. I can't remember his name, but you, met, you mentioned you brought your daughter and about some like the awkwardness. So my question is: Are there jokes that you don't write because I mean, obviously you kind of poke fun your relationship with your daughter, but nothing is super embarrassing about, or right. nothing is so out there. Are do you purposely? withhold material that might, down the road, 10 years from now when she's in her 30s or parent herself, might be embarrassed that's on YouTube or something like that. Do you purposely, you consciously stay away from stuff like that? That could It's be. interesting.
3: It, when I first started, she was mortified because my album showed up on Pandora. Uh-huh. And when she was in middle school and her friends saw it and there were a couple of things about her and then she was just furious. Uh-huh. But of course, she teenagers a teenager, so she was pissed off when I said good morning. So I
2: kind of like, <laughs>
3: Um, now that she's an adult, when I have some material because I, um, that I think could uh-huh. put, push a button, I run it by her to ask her how she feels about it. Okay. Uh, like for instance, with the 30 year old boyfriend with the neck tattoo uh-huh. and a couple of the things of her, of her tr- wanting to be a minister and all uh-huh. of that, I've told her about ways that I want to make fun of it. Uh-huh. And I was like, but I won't, it's not important enough to me, and she's like, no, she's like, mom, it's funny, it doesn't, she's a, she appreciates me being asked, but we kind of have a policy that we don't post any film, video, or jokes about any any of us that don't kind of get permission for first.
0: Okay, okay. And so going along with that, let's plug your podcast, uh, The Hallway, um, where did this, did the record label come to you and be like, we want... What we see you guys posting on Facebook. Let's get this on audio. Or was this an idea you proposed to them about doing? Well,
3: I had wanted to do a podcast, and we were getting a lot. What we noticed, we would end the same with the label. Would notice uh-huh. I would post conversations like he said this, I said this, and then he would do the same thing. And people noticed, thought we were funny together, and it was kind of like you should do a podcast. And we're like, well. Yeah, we
0: should do a podcast and that's how it came out. Okay. On. Now I, they lit
3: the fire on. They lit the fire. Because okay. as I told you good at, I'm not good at ta putting yeah. it out there. Oh, I yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: so um, I noticed that the last podcast you had was in late June. I would thought with maybe being in quarantine that there would just be so many episodes. You have to be doing this every day for something to do. Is there a reason that it seems to be somewhat monthly or bi monthly at this point? Or twice a month? I'm not sure if that's the Bi-monthly means, but oh, okay.
1: It's not Mr. Lazy. My yeah. day job is going through serious uh, changes. I,
0: I know what you do, and I know you're you kind of keep that secret, so I'm not going to bring it up. But I can only imagine what your line of work is like right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: oh it's not a secret. I work in the travel industry, and it's is it it's mostly cruise
0: lines thing? though? Like you work with mostly yeah, yeah, cruise, yeah. yeah,
1: And so uh, you know, there, it's it's we're we're being financially pained right now, yeah. And a lot of changes. Um, it's not nine to five work anymore. It's when something needs to get done, it gets done. So um, it's just been kind of hard. To I do. see. And
3: that's and that's one of the things where um, the last thing I'll be kind of okay, okay. Let's record. Let's record. Uh-huh. And like I was telling you, I can go from zero to turning it on and be
0: fine. And uh-huh. Jeremy's
3: like, no, I'm not. I'm just not there. as a person tonight, which I respect that too.
1: Okay. Um, there's some depression going on yeah. right now too. You know. If, if when we record, I'd like to—I'd to, to, like us both to be in a good mindset mm-hmm. um, during this pandemic. During my issues with work, it's kind of a sad yeah. time. Not always in the mood to do something. Yeah. I think
0: you guys mentioned that as a disclaimer for your last episode was that it didn't yeah. feel right to be funny at that current time. So you're taking a break. Yeah. Okay. Right. Now.
1: It was based on feel, you know. It's all honesty, so it's based on feel. And I just
3: I haven't. And especially because we don't plan what we're gonna say either,
1: uh-huh.
3: you know. So it is. And so I'll be like, can you? I, and I'll I'm terrible. I'll be like, you. <laughs> Poor guy will be beaten down. I'll be like, oh, you can't do twenty minutes. I'm just asking for twenty minutes. I'm a horrible person. for <laughs> career is about to go down the <laughs> And talk, you know, I I can be a little bit of a jerk in that regard.
0: Thank you very much again for your time. I really appreciate it.
3: Yes. It's fun. Thank very you. Good. It's good to see you. Yes, it's good
0: to see you guys too. Always so
3: busy and yes. Busy for you. yes. What's up? You're his favorite. He's like I <laughs>
0: oh,
3: love you. shows with Mark. He's like, I would go to any show just to be able to laugh with Mark. He uh, laughs hard with you. Than okay. anybody. When I talk to you off stage,
0: yeah. it's
1: just us or even with a group of people,
0: I, it is my favorite thing. Oh, now, well, that it means is. a lot. That touches me. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Yeah. Missy, it's- what's your compliment for me now?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that means a lot.
3: Absolutely no, I, delightful.
0: Well, you guys are just so nice. I mean, the, the you know, I know I, you guys do shows that I'm on and you guys, I, you've asked me to do shows that you guys put on. And it's just—it's always a good experience. It's never weird. It's never awkward. It's never like—I mean, it's never like we're in a situation. <laughs> where... <laughs> so that. Like
3: you're trying to create something, and it's fun to get to be a part of it. Well, right? thank and you. I yeah. No.
0: yeah Thanks for inviting us to yes. your creation. Oh yes. no, no, no problem. I—I pr- I appreciate you guys doing it. I think a part of the reason that we do comedy, I feel that there is a sadness with all comedians. And there is a need to, because of whatever happened in their life, there's a need to go on stage and get approval from other people. I think there's that need. And, uh, and so I appreciate you guys doing it. Um, I want to talk a little bit about missyhallcomedy.com um, where, this, where you can find your tour schedule, videos, new, the news thing's great. Because that's where I went for most of my information. You had these articles and the, the comedy okay. cast was on there. I think that's great. Although the link for the comedy cast was not on there. I had to Google comedy cast um, to get to the interview with the Irish guy. But um, what benefit do you see from the website? Have people reached out to you for shows on the website? Um,
3: yes. Yes. People is, have reached out and my agent also refers people to the website. Okay. Uh, When he's trying to submit me for auditions for things, so yes. Okay. So I feel like it's just it's just a necessary thing to have.
0: Okay. And Um. Days of Power is on Amazon Prime, and I highly encourage people to watch it. It's a very different side of Missy. So anyone who. Can't see how you'd be a great actress. The fact that you are a completely different person in that movie.
1: You don't live with her,
0: Mark. <laughs> I mean, you do. You do suffer through Rickadonna in order to see Messi, but, uh, uh, <laughs> but it's. But it's 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 a great it's a great horror movie. It really is. And the dog aspect, there's you know, I I, I there's a theme, There is a message to it with right. animal abuse and puppy mills, which is. Uh, a great way of also doing a horror movie because it's real-life horror versus, you know, then the pretend stuff as well. Um, Is there a movie coming up, maybe? Is there talks about another movie? Is there talks about a movie about yourself? A independent, self-produced, I mean, you obviously talked about your story, two marriages, controlling a daughter, you married another comic, is there... I know you said a one woman play, but is there like, hey, let's film this and see what we can do?
3: yeah that there is and the thing is is it's hard to say that without sounding narcissistic That's like fine. oh look at me it's so fascinating i don't mean it in that way i would like anything that i do to be a funny slash and with sad moments uh-huh. of showing people and women in particular and and men and it would apply to some men as well and men who love their women and Like, uh-huh. we can we can have a life that was not what we expected, and we can be who we didn't mean to be for a Uh little while, but you can actually still end up okay, Uh and some of it is ridiculous, like, because one of the things, you know, I want to, like, what I would address in a movie or thing is, like, I did not know what to wear. To go see my then husband in the psychiatric ward uh-huh. so that they would know that I wasn't what drove him crazy. Uh-huh. Like, these were real thoughts in my uh-huh. head, uh-huh. but I'm like, that could be played out in a, with a character in a funny way. And yeah. I think it could make people feel better. That's the only way I can do it. I I don't think I'm a fascinating enough person that there should be a movie made on my behalf. Yeah. But I've, some of the experiences I had, there's Dennis. The
0: I got us. I, I think what is fascinating is the love story because there had to be so many bad things that happened in your life. Yes. I mean, if Jeremy never is in a band, never is in New York, never becomes a bartender, never gets addicted, if you never married two guys, if you don't have a daughter and then a stepdaughter, you guys would have never met each other. Jeremy could have ended up I in Oregon, happened. Portland, Oregon, you sure. could have ended up I in think. Mexico.
1: I will always say that everything that happened in my life led to the best ending possible yes. mm-hmm. and I'm only totally cool with that matter all yeah. of the crap I did and went through totally worth it.
2: Okay.
3: Same here we, and it's been fun to end up in quarantine together because <laughs> like what if this happened in other chapters of our lives like yeah. we're yeah. so so lucky.
0: Yeah well thank you guys again thank you guys very much again thank you for taking me let me get like two hours out of your day and uh yes. hopefully yes. I'll see you soon hopefully.
3: Yeah I'd love to see you soon. Yes. Yes. And the baby is for
0: us. I will. Take care, guys. Love you Thanks both. See ya. All right, that's it. That's our interview with The Halls. Make sure you tune in to The Hallway Podcast. It's truly a great podcast. Like them on Facebook. They're always coming out with hilarious videos every week. Uh, get Missy's albums, both Misrepresentation and 50 Shades of 50. Go see Jeremy and Missy in any comedy club in the area. You'll, that, it's a show not to be missed. Please again subscribe to this episode and uh like the episode and everything else that you can do to promote this. I need I need whatever I can get here. Uh so uh thank you so much and uh we'll see you next Monday with a new episode of uh Get To the Joe. Take care.